Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, Serialites. This is your old pal, Grim Shea. Thanks for joining us this week for an encore presentation of our Falling Sky special from last June. Uh, it's also kind of a recognition of WonderCon coming up pretty soon here in Southern California. Unfortunately, Matty P will not have a presence, so to speak, this year due to uh, a very hectic schedule. We're trying to produce a whole lot of new episodes for you here coming up very soon on the horizon. And also, we're devoting a lot of our resources towards the Star Wars celebration coming up just a couple weeks after that. You are going to get a lot of coverage. You are going to get a lot of Star Wars celebration love because, as uh, I understand, my producer, Marky, uh what's that? Yes. Yes, he's in my ear telling me, confirming, yes, apparently there is a new Star Wars movie coming out sometime within this next year. Anyway. All right. All right, yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Everybody, thanks for joining us here at Maddie P presents Saturday Morning Serial. I am Grimshay, and joining me, as always, is Marky. Say hi, Marky. Hello, Grim. Hey, Marky. <laughs> yeah. You want to name one of your favorite TV shows for me, real quick? Oh, well, just the top of my head. Uh, I think Falling Skies is one of them. Ah, I thought so. I thought so. But that the was a coming question. up, and yeah. boy, do you love Falling Skies? It's a love hate thing probably what do you mean by that because well, i i actually i don't watch the show i know i am in apparently the small percentage of people i know who who does not follow falling skies and if you are if you are with me listeners this is a show on tnt about to start it's uh i think it's its fourth season fourth season is this sunday fourth season uh, this premiere. sunday on tnt at some time of day actually if you have the tnt app it's actually already available. I don't know if this was in reaction to the premiere being leaked, but it is oh, there. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. It's I there. Heard that. It's it's suffered, it suffered the same fate as uh, as many very successful high-profile television shows. It was leaked ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, people on BitTorrent yep, they all, and they'll the do that. dark web or, or whatnot. I don't know how it all works myself, but... Well, it's not even really the people that are on the BitTorrent. It's the people that put it on the BitTorrent, right? Mm. I mean, it's it's the it's the it's the reviewer, or you know, one of us basically put it out there, and some jilted know, intern. Yeah, and you know, just to kind of get that out of the way. Look, I am a fan. Whether I watch it on the app or if I'm going to wait on Sunday, you know, 
the Falling Skies people are going to get my viewership. Yeah, and, no I, and I bet they know that too. I think that's a common thing that, uh, and they can claim it's leaked all they want, and they can claim that putting it out early on the uh, on the TNT app is just response to that. But I don't see how it loses them a single fan. Not but at it all. just creates some buzz, gets right. more people watching sooner. They yeah, still so control. They still control it. No harm here. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we are going to get to see it a little bit sooner, maybe if we choose to. Uh, I'm actually going to choose to just go ahead and wait it out at this point. You know, I got it's just one more day. Let's just go ahead and do it. Let's just wait. <laughs> uh, and then also, I like the effect of you know, I actually am one of the few that still enjoys a good commercial every once in a while. Oh, that you know? is, yeah. Oh. yeah. I do not fast forward through them all the time. I will sometimes, but you are a trooper. I do. I just you know, I got to. I you have to pay your dues. You know what I mean? <laughs> but falling skies. Um, yeah, because I don't care that it leaked or that it's out early because I actually don't watch the show. I've heard good things. I just haven't caught up. It seems like one of those things you got to watch from the beginning. Uh, and I know that you did. And actually, I have something to admit. I probably am missing about half of the season three, I Ooh, think. Yeah. Brave admission. Um, I have done that in the past. Uh, most recently, Arrow, I did that with. Um and then, actually, even more recent than that, I did that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And um, there are times where I'll just kind of do this, where if a show has got something to it, you know, a lot of times I'll just stick it out. And then sometimes I'll step back and reapproach. Um, what I did with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was, you know, I mean, it's Joss Whedon's at attached, it's superheroes are attached, it's Marvel, it's ABC, it's Stan Lee. Everybody seems to be attached to this thing. Uh, Disney even, right? Everybody's attached. There's a lot, there's a lot of money. It's, it looks beautiful. Um, I found the first several shows to be very, you know, very tedious, very hard to watch. They, were just, yeah. they just weren't going anywhere. Um, and yet, again, it had potential. And I like Colson. The, you know, I like the character. I like the actor who plays him. Um, I thought the cast was fine. Oh, it sounds um, like you're cutting a break. So like what you yes. want a series to do is get traction right away. Yeah, I wanted to then draw move. you along a little more later on. But well, you know, I just think um, I think I think a lot of times it takes a while for a show to really find its you know to really uh, find its footing. And you know, I am the type that will give a show a chance. And I, I wish that more networks you know could understand that about the fans is that a lot of times we're we will stick it out with you we don't absolutely have to love every damn thing you put out you know but if if the concept is good if the concept is solid uh and if the networks can stick with it we will come back and i've i did that with uh, most recently ages of shield i'm just starting to get caught up with arrow um but falling skies was another one of those things that when it first came out uh it was kind of wandering a little bit, you know, but Steven Spielberg is attached and it's got these amazing special effects and the cast is solid, you know, Noah Weil, Moon Bloodgood, um, Sarah, Sarah Carter, one of my favorites. And it just, mm -hmm. and it, and it introduces a lot of other young, good actors. Uh, just, I was hooked enough to, to stick with it. I watched the whole first season and I remember when the second season had started, it was just, uh, they were they were just piling up on the TiVo, you know, just piling up, piling up, and then uh, started to kind of go through it. Started to watch them again, again. It was just kind of taking a little while. 
but again, it would have these awesome scenes and this awesome, you know, some some plots were there. You know, things were getting good. Things were getting some some well, some, too, like, some juice. You know, it, it's like like if you're pitching this to me, you tell me how many episodes do I just kind of have to bite my cheek and wait through and yeah. survive on a couple good scenes until. I get sucked into it. What, what? Give me an estimation. What makes it worth it? I, well, the thing is, is like I actually like the whole approach again, which is what I've done with these last couple of shows. Is um, falling falling sky is a little bit different because I did watch a lot of the first part and I've seen all the last season. Uh, but I actually think you don't have to selectively pluck out shows right now. Mm-hmm. Just start at back up a few shows, like maybe watch the last season and then start watching it now i think you're you will catch up with what happened you can enjoy this show right now it's really really good right now they found their footing but you need some backstory you're saying i don't even think you do now like no one no one who liked lost and who stuck with it and maybe even did not like it would ever tell you uh you just have to watch the last few you'll be good enough it's it's not that kind of show yeah no like yeah the way you describe it sounds more like sons of anarchy or something I, where I, I don't watch if you just what like you can pick it up at the beginning of a season or maybe a few yeah. episodes from the end of one season and you can just follow the characters along for a while at the point where it is now action and the drama of the moment it is so good right now you care so much about the about the characters where they are right now in the series that if if you can just pick up from right now and go forward you're going to be very 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 happy Okay. And maybe you can that, catch up later on and say, hey, I wonder, you know, why is he dating that girl now? Or why, you know, hmm. why is the daughter you know, six months old and yet she's 12 years of age? Right. What, well, it sounds, so, like, sounds like you're telling me that it's pretty accessible. And it's I don't, incredibly accessible. Because I think it's a big thing in this day and age with people who want to watch a show that they hear about and it's already starting season four. They're worried like, well, I don't have time to watch three seasons beforehand. So I can't watch this show. I don't think you it, have to. It just gets taken off. And there Start are some right shows now. where you need to treat that way. But you're saying this isn't one of them. No, I think you can you can hop into this show right now because all of the elements that got me interested in it, and all the elements that have kept me tuning into it, even even though it's sporadically, all the elements that attracted me to this show have you know is, they were like seeds that were planted, and it's finally fruited. Fruited, mm-hmm. fruiting, it's fruit. How did I do? It's, it's fruiting. fruiting. It's Growing. fruited. It's blossoming. It's blossomed. There blossomed. It has blossomed. So, so, so you, you're saying you know, I swing on over, I can catch it all in bloom. In bloom, right now, That's... in full bloom, you will appreciate this show right now. Well, see, I see, and I know that you're a huge fan of this, even though you admit already that you skipped like the first half of last season, yeah. uh, and you're you're even willing to hold out a couple days watch the beginning, but I know you're a huge fan because uh, I think you scheduled an entire day using your press pass at WonderCon <laughs> recently. Yeah, yeah, and actually... Just around the falling um, skies. Yeah, yeah. We were at uh, WonderCon a few months back, uh, did have press access, and thank you to WonderCon people. Uh, and yeah, the, one of the... And also thank you to the TNT people for inviting me here. Um, but yeah, we attended... The press room for the TNT panel. Well, what is what? Is, tell me about what's the press room. Um, uh, okay, Even people so, go to cons. You know, basically, we go and we're cattle driven into a big giant hall. We hear presentations. 
some of us time allotted might get questions in and a big giant presentation, but anybody can just go in and watch this. These press rooms, I'm guessing, are way different. The uh, press rooms are something that are it's it's not meant for the masses. It's meant to basically uh, you have to kind of think of it like those of us that are in that room. Uh, we more represent the the first uh, ripple in a lake. So what they want to do is they want to drop a little bit of knowledge on us, and it's up to us to distribute it. Uh, and, you know, we act as the voice of the fan uh, in that scenario. So when um, we, we get approved or we get issued press access, these particular rooms, and they're usually done after a panel, uh, and then sometimes they're done just completely separately or instead of a panel. Um, now, actually, no, very, very rarely instead of a panel, but a lot of times it's before a panel. And uh, a panel, for those of you who are new to the to the comic convention yeah. scene, yeah, that's this is I where everybody cattle driven, right? Put everybody of people in a hall. A dozen questions go out. You can kind of right. hear the answers. There is um, in that kind of environment. It's usually on a stage. And there's a moderator, and the moderator is getting the conversation going with the panelist. And the panelist can be directors, writers, actors, actresses, yeah. whatever. Um, usually so a group of them. It's usually once. a group of them, yeah, right, to represent yeah. the entire. Exactly. And so what happens is is that the the press rooms are kind of small, much much smaller versions of this, and where the audience is all press member and. Um, they have more direct access to the panelists, in this case, the actors or the actresses. And uh, there are two formats. There's the uh, press room uh, style, conference style, where they're sitting at a table yeah. in front of the room, and there's everybody behind it, like yeah. a small auditorium. Yeah, kind I of picture thing. like NASA talking about right. the Mars landing. Or imagine kind of like a press conference. Exactly. Imagine yeah. the you know the president just kills Bin Laden, and he comes out and he's yeah. talking to everybody. Okay, so. Um, there's that style. The other style, which I really prefer, is the roundtable. Uh, roundtable uh, interviews are the, it's the same, you know, relatively the same number of people are in the press room, but they're broken up into smaller groups on uh, on in a round table, you know, sitting at a round yeah. table. Well, at a number of them. At a number I'll of picture, them. Correct. Because when you describe it to me, and and uh, and, and when I listen to the to the audio from it, I picture like kind of a speed dating with that, agents. <laughs> that is kind of what it is. It's, yeah, yeah, you've got like a six member panel. You break them up into one or two people. Send them out to all these, you know, six, five or six, you know tables with three or four reporters apiece yeah say all right five minutes that's feeding frenzy go you you bet you just nailed it uh the actual um the actual room setup yeah it's exactly that there's there's these round tables it is speed dating where the reporters or the press stay put mm. and then the talent or the panelist whoever's getting interviewed will rotate around um, the victim, the I victim, they call them yes. the target, yeah, yeah whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah, they have the to gang say, interview victim. Um, of all the uh, panels that I attended at this year's WonderCon, um, by far the one that I was most excited about was Falling Skies, uh, because it was the only one that I really attended that I knew a lot about. And again, even though I have cheated myself from probably around 
five to eight episodes of Falling Skies. Uh, I think there's only been 40, or there's going to yeah. be 40. Um, even though I had cheated myself from watching some of these episodes, I do get the show. Yeah. You know, I've invested enough, and I care enough, and I get it. I get what Falling Skies is about. And, and I can attest to that, people listening, yeah. because he is one of those friends who preaches it to me. And I and yeah. I don't mean to seem like I fight it very much. I just got a lot of shows on my plate. I know, and you and gotta, I haven't I got around to, to it, it. I promise. But but you know, he's like your friend who watched Breaking Bad and you haven't. He brings <laughs> it up a lot, especially yeah. with this coming up. So this is this is why we're letting him vent all this out. But uh, well, and but the great thing about Falling Skies is that you don't have the threat of spoiler. It's you know it's science fiction it's you know it's very uh, archetypical you know that's true you know that that episode in uh, season four Breaking Bad when they found the alien <laughs> See, big that, spoiler but on Falling on this, Skies not a big, big deal. deal so now yeah, there's, there's an alien so now there's two alien so colonies now there's like seven or eight different aliens it, what's the difference it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. so um, there is there's a lot of freedom to there's a lot of freedom in loving a show like this. It's much more Saturday morning cereal. It's ah, much more. I like it. I like All right. You finally got me. I, I promise I, I, it's that, going on my queue. That is what this show is. You can sit there, eat a bowl of cereal, and enjoy it and not get all freaking worried about it. Well, I uh, can see how excited you were because, because uh, when you came back to me with the uh, recorded audio from these roundtable things, uh-huh. which I think are typically done as sort of a press thing where you – you get that one last chance to fire off a super important breaking yeah, news yeah. and or trick the uh, the actress into revealing something she's not supposed to, and then you put it in your uh, internet blog. But you came back with some stellar audio. I didn't yeah. even think you could get this. I got the best seat and on the table because remember we all stay put. Mm-hmm. So the table that they're going to the the space that the star or the panelist is going to take doesn't move. So I was on the right. So I, I had the best spot. And, you know, I think a lot of times, too, uh, all of you aspiring bloggers or, or hosts or uh, writers, um, you got to speak up. You know, I don't want to always be the first one talking. Mm-hmm. I know you don't think that, but I'm going to give you whew, two, three seconds to say something. Uh, I hate right. dead air. If you're it. in that, if you're in that position, jump on it. Jump on it. Get oh, on so it. Get your question out is, there. This really is like speed dating. Yeah. And you know what? I I uh, I think we should actually play some of that. I think we should get right now. I love the uh, uh, I am there feel to it. Well, yeah. I mean, there's it not much choice. It makes me want right. to jump in and ask a question. Well, I think we should start it off the way I started off with. Let's get Doug Jones. Right now. Doug Jones. Uh, wait, wait. Doug Jones. The <laughs> Doug Jones. We actually just got through listening to his live interview on Matty P's Radio Happy Hour. Doug Jones was... Friend he, of the show, Doug Jones. We interviewed him last year. This is going to be the third time that Doug Jones has been on a Matty P radio property. Um, mm-hmm. So we're really excited to have him. He's a He is a dear friend of, of, of ours. And I'd say a personal friend of mine. I've, I, I met him. I'll tell you more about it right after we listen. Here we go. Meanwhile, I get the Doctor Who thing all the time because I'm calling skinny. And... We're here with Doug Jones. <laughs> uh, yes. Hi, I'm Doug Jones, everybody. <laughs> so where does this character stand in your vast resume of doing characters? As in, as in, as in favorites of mine, you yes. mean? Well, I, uh, all the creatures I've ever played have been very near and dear to my heart. I, well, they have to be somewhere in my heart or I can't play them. <laughs> I have to invite them in to... Yeah. 
you know, to dine with me in my soul. Coach, he's has uh, he's he's got the kind of um, uh, uh, he's got the kind of, of attraction to me and, and me to him that, that I do with uh, Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies because there's the intellect there, there's the calming influence on the team. Uh, because especially when you see season four in Falling Skies, you're going to see a lot of mayhem. The season opens up with a big bang of like, oh my gosh, what the f is happening, right? <laughs> um, everyone's gone a little cray cray, except for Cochise. I'm still the calm, cool, collected alien guy who has all the answers and all the information. Here, listen to me. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, th- there's that same kind of. Uh, that's what I loved about Abe on the Hellboy team. That's what I love about Cochise on the Second Mass team. Is that uh, I bring I bring answers and I bring calm. Well, there's been such a rift with uh, you know the Volm and the humans now. Uh, you know, so is he trying to mend those fences? Is he trying to? Well, it, well I wouldn't say rift really. Like, well, as, as, as season three ended, uh, it looked like oh no, they've tricked us. They're going to put us in a concentration camp somewhere. But it wasn't about that. We were we were trying to protect the humans as we've done on every other planet before. We we go to the indigenous uh, uh, people or creatures there on that planet. We scoop them up to, for their own safety while we fight the bad guy for the Ashvenioth. Um, we thought we were going to do that again here on Earth, um, but the humans have proven to be something above and beyond what we usually encounter. So, um, so that's, and that was discovered by the end of the episode when I finally convinced my father, also played by me, by the way. <laughs> so you are your old father. I was, I was, I was. I was. On the eve of Easter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, talk about a schizophrenic day. That was, oh, uh, my gosh. Play, playing my own dad in, in the season finale was just a lot of work. Because <laughs> yeah, I had big scenes with myself. You know, but I did the whole Patty Duke thing. <laughs> but, um... But my, uh, but my father, Was Chakchaab, is a bit more old school with, with our, this is the way we've done it, this is the way we're going to do it. And, uh, and, but me, Cochise, has had time on Earth to intermingle and learn a lot about the humans and, and develop friendships with Noah, Noah's character, uh, Tom Mason especially. So, so Cochise's job is to convince Dad that, hey, these people are different and something above and beyond what we're, what we're used to, so let's let them have their, their freedoms. And that's why um, why we set them free at the end of the, of the episode. Uh, to, but I said, get out of town because we got we got to blow some machinery up. Um, but uh, yeah, and then oh gosh, well, and then season four is going to open up a few months later with a. a I can't even. I write. No, it's going to be cray cray. <laughs> and everyone's gone a little nuts. Everyone's gone a little nuts. It's, it's great. It's great. How did they let you know you're going to play your own dad? Oh, that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> I read the script and saw my name in it as Was Chaktaab. I'm like, hey, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, and then the next day on set, we were finishing up the, the episode before it, and, uh, and uh, the producer, Greg Beeman, said, hey, aren't you excited you get to play your own dad? That's how I found out, with mm-hmm. being excited that I got to play him. Mm-hmm. No one <laughs> Nobody asked. You didn't get paid for two roles? <laughs> I, I, but, oh, but I did. <laughs> yeah, that's the conversation that followed. <laughs> I'm happy to, if. Can you talk about how long it's been since you left and when we come back and you take a little bit of the premiere episode? Right. It's probably been... I, I, I didn't get an actual month count. Uh, do, we, do we have a month count between season end of season three and the beginning of season four? Like how many months have passed? Do, uh, um, yeah, I, I, it seems. It's all like it feels, that, I'll find that out. it feels like it's about four months, five months, maybe. A, I thought it was a few months later. Something five, like that. So a few months later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, not a full year for sure. Um, and because uh, we left the second mass to to you know scurry about the countryside and go go discover a new land while we fight the Shvenioth. So, um, 
the season will open with you'll see them in a beautiful sunny field. I think it's in one of the trailers you've seen already uh, that they're off walking in a beautiful sunny field in, in the grass with their shoes off, going ah freedom, ah earth, mm, until dun dun dun, cray cray. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes crazy. <laughs> Mm. No. Right. Well, the uh, yeah, the, the skitters are still uh, present, uh, and they're still under the under the command of the Ashveni. Um, so that is that. Those are the bad guys that will continue through through line through all the, the show. That those are our bad guys. Um, and we, but we have also it's the human it's the human interest of, of the story that that uh, we have good guys, bad guys within the humans, and and that's that's really where I feel the heart of the story lies. Um, even though I'm one of the aliens on the show, <laughs> I think that the show's really about these people and their relationships and how they how they uh, buck up and um, and and uh, um, how they how they deal with uh, with hard times and, and with um, what 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 is the human spirit capable of when they hit rock bottom? I think that's what the show is really about, and that's what what's, uh, what's discovered more this season than ever before because uh, because I think when, as the season opens you'll see everyone put into captivity away from each other so this this entire cast you've gotten to know that interact and intermingles with each other they're all in different places when the show starts again and you're like oh my gosh are they ever going to see each other again and you see you find out what happens to a person when they're alone isolated and, and going cray cray <laughs> you know um, you know, as you mentioned, your character and Tom have a pretty close relationship, but might, might, might we see your character interact with the others a little more? Maybe we might see some new relationships uh, forge? Yeah, there's still some cast members that I've never really had good scenes with. You know? right, right. But, um, but uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm kind of more, I, I'm more with the gang as a whole. That's really bad of me. I, I should have silenced my phone, shouldn't I have? Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, I should have. Um, uh, but yeah, no. What you, you'll, you'll see relationships budding with everybody. Um, I think. But what I think this season, what, what I noticed about the overall arc of the show, is um, is that, that the relationships uh, uh, have been established in the first three seasons. This year, the science fiction comes comes to play way more uh, with our with our new. Uh, David Ike being our new showrunner, head writer, um, he upped the science part. He, he upped the science in the fiction. <laughs> so, so we have we have more uh, unexplained things and that have need explanation. And that's when I come in because I'm the guy with all those explanation answers of, of the science part of the show. So, uh, so, so it kept me busy with memorizing really difficult dialogue. You know, every time I come on, it's like to say something smart guy like, and I'm not a smart guy, so that's hard for me. Yeah, <laughs> I think you play it well. Well, you're very kind. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you think the the actual name of your character? What do you draw out of that name? Out of my name? Out of Cochise. Out of I mean, Cochise. That, that that does have some historical, you know, yes. feeling in this. Yeah. Uh, well, remember, my full name in Volm language is Chitakilsichnitschatiko. Right. So, uh, so I did not name myself Cochise. That was shortened. Uh, and it never was explained who gave me that name, but we decided, we all decided that that would be Will Patton's character, uh, 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 Colonel Weaver. Um, or Captain Weaver, again, again I guess. Um, but he, uh, that, that he was probably the one who gave me that name. As, as a kind of a, you know, well, yeah, he's, always, he's always leering at me through the side of his eyes. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, he, but uh, he trusts me more and more. Uh, you'll, you'll see more trust build with him, with mm -hmm. Colonel Weaver this year for, and me. Um, but uh, but Kochi's being, having some history and being a, a warrior and being a, my, my, the Volm people have always been, war I was born on a ship in battle. That's all I've ever known. Um, 
So, so finding some heroism and some and some reason and some sense of purpose in this horrible world of battle, I think, is uh, is is where Coach uses a poetic name to give me. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. So yeah, that was Doug Jones. How about that? Ah, that was that was that was Craig. <laughs> <laughs> no, the incomparable Doug Jones. That guy has a real skill with interviews. I will say, after having interviewed him and listened to him in interviews, and then this one, and then this one, yeah, this one, it just seems to keep going. I bet as we speak right now, the poor man is doing an interview with someone else. But he's probably killing it. Yeah, we had talked about that today, uh, right after we heard his live interview, Maddie P Radio's Happy mm-hmm. Hour. Uh, but why is it that a guy who, you know, he plays a character that's in the show maybe 5% of the time? Uh-huh. It's important. It's an important five minutes. It's an important or role. It's an important, yeah, five, it's an important 5%. Mm-hmm. But um, he knows everything about it. That the guy he comes off like like a fan as well like as like a writer right of the show like a fan like a writer yeah he knows everything about it and I was so impressed with that because I'm like the guy you know he joins in the third season or the, yeah the th- the end of the second season I think mm-hmm. um, he's barely on um, you know it kind of reminds me of uh, there's a movie called Bullworth uh, Sean Astin uh, War- Warren Beatty it's a Warren Beatty movie and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically about a CNN crew or a C-SPAN, a C-SPAN crew that follows this the senator. Oh, around. yeah, the senator who has like a meltdown exactly. slash political epiphany. It's a beautiful whatever, movie. Yeah. It's, it actually changed my political views. But anyway, there's this really funny bit where Sean Astin, you know, uh, Sam, uh, Samwise Gamgee. Samwise Gamgee, Goons, yeah. From Goonies, yeah. Um, Rudy. Rudy, yeah. He plays a cameraman, and the whole movie, he's a cameraman. You know, he's holding a camera, right? And he's, you know, he's seeing everything. Yeah. And finally, towards the end of the movie, somebody asks him what he thought. Okay. And he just goes. He just starts talking. He just goes off. And then they like cut away from him. And ten ten minutes later, they cut back, and he's still talking. <laughs> so. <laughs> Moral of the story there is you don't ask the cameraman what he thinks because he's been in the back keeping quiet the whole time. He's got a lot to say. He's been watching. See what I mean? Yeah. So Doug Jones is the man behind the mask. Doesn't His voice isn't even heard a lot of the time. That's true. You, That's true. Ask, him what, <laughs> you ask him what he thinks, he's going to tell you to the death of everybody. He's got – well, I mean he doesn't uh, – but he doesn't talk about things he doesn't know. No, he knows about them. When he knows right. them and he obviously knows this show, he's he's obviously a real fan of yes. this show. And maybe there's stuff he does where he's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I was in Nova Scotia for six days and they gave me this script and uh, I recorded with a guy wearing a green suit. I don't know. What was that called? I, I forget. He, But, but I think obviously it, he doesn't feel that way about Falling Skies. I, he I think like it as actually. Big a fan as you. I think it it definitely proves that these these actors um, he 
for being the guy behind the mask. Andy Serkis for being like the what do you call it? The yeah, the guy the, behind the, the green screen. The green screen. Uh, the I forget what that is. Yeah. Um, it is performance. They they you know hearing Doug Jones talk about his character. Uh, we heard it again on the happy hour here a little while ago. He knows everything about this fictional character that is not in the show. He knows the backstory. He knows what motivates him. And whether, he can say his name. He can say the... He speaks like an alien language or something. It's amazing. Like, like the guy got hired to play a Klingon for one episode, and he learned the whole language. Well, and, awesome. and I, you know, I got a chance to sit with him, to meet him there at the WonderCon during this uh, roundtable, and when he walked in the room, he's wearing like a... I don't think he... I think this is how he dresses. I don't think he was cosplaying here. But he came like it was like a, and you guys can all see pictures on the website. I'm going to put all these pictures up up but on uh, MattyPRadio.com. Matty, Matty um and you can see that he's wearing this like a. It kind of looks like he's dressed like a steampunk, right? He's got like the shirt, like the pirate shirt collar. He's got this vest with like paisley and gold paisley on it, and it's not even that he's wearing this. He's he his face his whole structure his whole body and he's a contortionist but the way that he walks the way that he moves the way that he stops and t- and, and gets a picture taken it's like you're watching gumby moving he's yeah. so um animated in everything he does he oh. is such a he's, performer a he's com- body expressive he's incredible which is why when he wears a mask it's different than when i put on a, a mask He's fantastic. And um, because we had the chance to interview him last year when we were substitute teaching uh, the Maddie P. Happy Hour, um, after the little uh, roundtable, he gets up and he goes to the next one. Um, And there's a couple of minutes there before everybody settles back down. And so I stand up. I didn't want to say anything on the table because I don't want I didn't want to overshadow any of the other guys that yeah, were there. Yeah, don't be a dick, Mark. I, I don't want to be a dick. Yeah. But after I kind of go up to him, I go, uh, "Hey, Doug, it's this is this is Mark. I, we actually met this last year." This is your baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told him that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was really weird. Um, and so, <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, I like uh, I introduced myself. Um, and I qualified myself to him, and I was just like, "Hey, we actually met on the phone last year. I'm Mark with Maddie P. Ray." He goes, "Maddie P. Oh my God! Hey, <laughs> cray cray!" He tells me, and then, he, and then I believe it. I believe then, it. And um, he goes, "Yeah, you guys were you." He's like, "You guys were great. You asked some really like really interesting questions and stuff." And I think we got to kind of talk. We got him. I do remember our interview with him where we alluded to his. Prowess at contorting, which I may have been what he was referring. I'm not sure, but anyway, we did ask him some pretty like out there questions. It was a very good. Uh, it was a interview. I forget what for exactly. No, it was an interview for the ages. It was, what it was for. It was awesome. Yeah. And so anyway, he acknowledges that he remembers me, which is really great. And then he hugs me. And it oh, was you awesome. got a big contortionist hug. Yeah, and it he did envelop. He totally. Embellished. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. He's a he's a he's a big tall man. Yeah, and he's just he's 
he's sweet. He's sweet. Um, he is a beautiful person. Yeah. I'm going to say it right now. And a uh, little side note here, Doug Jones is has just recently been announced as the newest cast member for Nobility, the series. You guys have got to check this show out. Oh, yeah. Um, we talked to, uh, to EJ De La Pena. Yep. Uh, we've already talked to a number of Cass cast Abner, members. Yep. Of, uh, uh, Kaysen, uh, uh James Kaysen. James Kaysen. Um, Cass Anvar. Anvar. And yes, this has just been announced uh, on this week's uh, Matty P Radio's Happy Hour. Is that Doug Jones uh, has just been added to what I'm looking forward to, <laughs> Grim? I'm sure you're looking forward to this. Oh, you... to Nobility the series. Oh yeah, you're talking Nobility. Nobility the series. Yeah, um, we've been talking Nobility for almost a year here. That has been their. Uh, they're still filming it. Uh, it's coming together. They just released mm-hmm. a bunch of new cast names, which uh, and I'd like to say Doug Jones is the biggest, but quite honestly, no offense, Doug, he's not even the biggest that they announced. No, Walter Koenig, Chekhov, Chekhov from Chekhov, Star Trek, from the original it. Star Trek. Chekhov, Chekhov is going to be on there, uh, along with some other great um, actors. We actually had the chance to do. Um, I think it was our second Saturday morning serial show was uh, Nobility Special. Oh, yeah. We covered it. Uh, yeah. We interviewed uh, Cass. It was early on. Cass Anvar, Anvar James Kaysen, James Kaysen from EJ Heroes, De La Pena, and the, uh, the, the, the creator. creator. Uh, and uh, he kind of blew my mind with what they had then, and they barely even had a promotional website they had a, up at that point. They had like a 30-second They're reel. really building up steam. They've actually, uh, they're busy filming right now. We, we were able to talk to them for about 12 minutes. Today. Today. To get uh, just a couple of words on uh, like a status update, and they are killing it. Hopefully, we are going to see more about this. I know they are loading for a big Comic-Con announcement coming up, but I don't don't want to bring his parade out on my street. I think uh, keep your ears. We're actually going to be able to because on July 5th. What? uh, What? Get this. Saturday Morning Serial is going to return. Uh, with a Nobility Revisited special. Oh, my God. They are having a parade (laughs) on my street. It's going to be, again, July 5th. We're going to be talking Nobility again. We are so excited about this. Uh, EJ De La Pena is going to show up. Uh, We're going to be able to talk to Cass again. Uh, and James Kyson, hopefully, is a maybe for sure. We are going to get to talk to Chekhov. No, That's Walter been, Koenig. Walter Koenig uh, is he's, oh, you he's going to be, be teasing. <laughs> he's been made available, which is amazing. Uh, he's obviously a legend in the sci-fi world. Uh, so we're just so excited about that. So join us on July fifth. Um, for that, you you know, I'm sure Man, you'll be up. Doug Jones there. is everywhere. And, and, you know, see, I, I almost forgot what we were talking about there. But as I recall, at this point, we were just talking Doug Jones, who sat at a table right next to you for a few minutes. Right. Then got up, and you got to sit there, and, and you kept interviewing people from Falling Skies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who after sat Doug, down next? Right, who, so this one. What big, ugly, lanky, tall old man <laughs> sat down next to you after Doug Jones? Would you believe that of all the – of of – all the people, and you know, of all the cigar joints, or uh, what's that? Line? All the gin joints, all the and gin all the joints, world, and all the world, all the cliches. Uh, it, who walked in? It's. <laughs> I'm not kidding, guys. It's it's it was 
Sarah Carter Sarah is the Carter. next one. Um, Sarah Carter has – you guys have seen – she is unforgettable. Sarah Carter. Oh, I know. She, oh. You, I bet you if you are oh, – I would love to sit next to her at a round If table. you are one of the cool kids, you watch Freaks and Geeks. Of course. You did not. And if, but if you are even cooler cool than Freaks tell. and Geeks, if you're cooler than Freaks and Geeks, then you watch a show called Undeclared. Oh. Which was the the next try from that same group. They tried the to do Judd Apatow. the Judd Apatow show. Yeah. And the first time I ever saw her uh, was on that show. She had she was in one episode, and I just had, I had a crush, total crush. Um, and then she had a big part in Final Destination 2, uh, and then she was in many episodes of Smallville, which you know I'm a big fan of that show. Uh, she played Clark's kind of crazy girlfriend kind of thing. But anyway, she's in Falling Skies. Loved the show. I loved her character in it. Uh, she was one of the things that did pull me back in when I had my moments of doubt and pain. Oh, you know, Sarah, that says something. Sarah, that says something right uh, yeah, there. sure. And again, it wasn't just my crush, but she was actually, you know, her character and the characters around her character really saved the show for me at that moment. So it was one of those things. Again, I, I really owe a lot of my Falling Skies fandom can be attributed to Sarah Carter. And here she is sitting right next to me, roundtable interview, Sarah Carter. We're here with Miss Carter. Nice and early. <laughs> you just came to the best table in the whole place. I did. <laughs> now you have to deliver on that. <laughs> okay. So what can you tell us about next season? Uh, Wait, who are you? <laughs> I, I know, but Sarah Carter, playing Maggie on Falling Sky, uh, and this is our fourth season that's about to air. So things are completely different and very exciting, and especially for Maggie. I think this is one of her wildest seasons. It is her wildest season. Um, what can I tease you about? Well, I think you guys have probably heard, or maybe you haven't, that there's a love triangle, and it's not with Karen. Do you know about this? Okay, this is the first table that I'm, I was just officially given permission to tease about this, and uh, I'm terrified for this story to come out when it was written. I had a very strong reaction, and I think it's because I genuinely love working with Drew, Roy, and our relationship, the Hal and Maggie relationship, and we are still very much working together, but the relationship is now complex because his little brother's involved. <laughs> I had a feeling. You had a feeling? I did not have a feeling. When I saw it on the page, I went, I'm doing what? What's going on? How do you justify this? Tears. Here's David Ike phone calls to David Ike. Like, David, I know you know you're, this is an awesome idea, theory, and um, I trust you because you're a genius. But are you sh- are you sure? Are you sure? Um, but it is making for incredible drama. I have to admit. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, so now I'm now the center of attention. This is payback. It is payback in a huge way. Well, poor Hal, poor Hal. Oh, my God. I think I have, I think Maggie's got it harder, though. It's, it's heart-wrenching because she's entirely aware of what's going on. And um, there is a major piece that I cannot tell you, which is the reason for all of this. And that part of the storyline is phenomenal. I absolutely love playing that. I can't wait till Comic-Con when I can speak freely. <laughs> um, so it's justified, but it's still hard. It's still hard. Well, um, Connor Jessup, he, yes. he has really taken over as like this super action hero yes. badass. Yes. So he's kind of gaining that position where I think you already, where your character already was. That's right. So it, it just kind of makes sense that he kind of kind of bumps that guy, you know, in, he, in he a way. He definitely likes that. At least in status. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And off the top of the season, you know, Maggie and Hal are split up. So we both take leadership roles in our new little communities. And Hal's storyline is phenomenal. And I was excited about, you know, not being only in a romantic storyline, but actually taking a leadership role and Tom empowers Maggie a lot in this season to be you know to be that voice of truth and reason and I think when when Ben sees me in that role he falls in love and he also wants to be around me a lot and uh we know Maggie to stand in the back of the crowd, right? She's sort of like looking at everyone and assessing the situation, and then she'll take action. She doesn't say much, but she'll take action when she wants to make a political move, you know, in a way. She's, she is. She's a political character, for sure. Um, but now Tom is saying, you know, Maggie, what is up? And she, he's, he's seeing that... Uh, she can stand on her own two feet, and she can also affect change. So that's awesome. Surprise. Um, you mentioned uh, while there is not a, the love triangle aspect anymore with Karen, I was surprised to see Jesse Schramm's name on this press release here, because uh, you seemed to finish her off pretty well last season. Right. <laughs> Anything yeah. you can say about uh, how that how might she's be? In there? Yeah. Um, well, she's. I think she's forever going to be the the reason for a lot of the things that happen on the show. She, in this, in this, I, I'm, try, I'm being careful. I, I'm always the worst with season, but uh, she's the reason for everything in the next season, for everything, and, you know, separating and coming back together. And she has a lot to do with Scarlett Burns' character. Scarlett is phenomenal next season. She's such a great actress. Uh, I think that's probably the best thing about next season, Scarlett Burns. Uh, great storylines for women, actually, in this upcoming season. Moon's character, Anne Glass, is a full-on warrior. And it's, I don't know, I think it takes the show to a whole other place to have all these women in leadership positions and I was not expecting that.
kudos for the new writing team. Do you feel like it needed the four seasons to, to take it to this point, or did you feel like this is, this is something that was vastly missing that, that should have been addressed earlier? Which point? In terms of the, the great season for, for the women on the Oh. Maybe. Um, you know, the show is about Tom Mason and his sons, and that's wonderful. That's sort of Spielberg's niche, and I have a lot of respect for that. And Noah Wiley is, you know, very much the lead this season. It, it is all about Tom Mason's arc, and he, you know, I guess is creating an umbrella for all of us. But, um, yeah, maybe, maybe it was our turn. <laughs> is that what you're asking? Yeah. 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 I think it took maybe it, it took a, a while for women to. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I I don't really think of the show in terms of like, you know, why, when. It just is. It's so crazy next season. Everything is just what you don't expect. The second actress, they use the word crazy, so now I'm very, very curious what that means. Uh, <laughs> out of the realm of sanity. Pac-Man cereal got a new surprise. When you look inside, it's shocking. Shocking pink is new. Pac-Man, Marshmallow, she's got a shocking pink, oh, oh. Just one taste, you'll be tickled pink with crispy corn puffs all gone in a blink. Uh -huh. Gone in a blink, love Miss Pac-Man, Marshmallow, she's got a shocking pink, oh, oh. Miss Pac-Man's inside, Pac-Man cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast, yeah. Pac-Man's love on shocking pink, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that was Sarah Carter. And what do you think? I think you weren't lying about her voice. I, wow. Was, I know. It's... And it's an incredible, gorgeous package. It's, it's she's she is wonderful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's Anna, and I love that she was allowed to just give us a little bit. I know about the show, and then she got so worried at the end about maybe she was giving away too much. I mean, that's uh, I never get to go to these press things. Is that kind of the atmosphere? Like, are people afraid of you, reporters? Well, they're not all great. Um, uh, there was, you know, some are very uncomfortable being there. She, she's also, um, and every, every time that I've like mentioned her, like, uh, in the, uh, Twitter sphere, mm. you know, like, um, when I was at WonderCon, I, I think I had tweeted a picture that I had taken of her at that moment and she was retweeting it. And she does that to a lot of fans and stuff. She's very accessible, oh. you know. She's she's just she's out there. She really wants to connect, and she really appreciates it, you know. And so, um, yeah, I found her to be just 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 wonderful. She she was she was fantastic. She was everything that I could hope for. Um, and you and know, addition some teasers too. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Um, she had some. She did promise more would be coming at Comic Con. Yep, coming up here in the near future, which also falls after the premiere. So, they still well, got that going for them. And using my insight, um, you know, kind of harking back to a conversation that you and I had last year with Connor Jessup with a co-star, um, and then just kind of seeing where the show was going. 
there was that little moment in the interview with Sarah Carter that you guys just heard where she alludes to getting involved with Connor Jessup's character. Um, that's the brother of the boyfriend she yeah, her, currently She described had. it as suddenly a complex relationship, exactly. I think, were her words. Yeah. And in that little moment in the interview where you hear a guy's voice saying, I knew it, or something like that, she goes, really? You really thought that? Well, that was me that said that, and at that moment... All right, now you're just showing off And at that moment, she puts her... She grabs my arm, like, no, you didn't know that kind of thing. Is that why your arm is so filthy right there, your (laughs) forearm? Yeah, well, it was... uh, it was awesome. Yeah, she, you know, and I'm not like a Ooh, girl touch me, you know, like, but it was, um, uh, I don't know, it was, relatable. it was, I guess I am kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, I, hey, look, uh, I'm, I'm a Saturday morning cereal eater too. It's all right. There's no shame here. Yeah. She it, was, it's she's, a, uh, it was, it was awesome. So yeah, I had that little kind of moment and you know, wow, zap. You know about that about that moment there. It was cool. Oh, it was pretty neat. Oh, it's fun. It's fun. It sounds like. Yeah, it was awesome. It was well, awesome. I, well, I then, uh, then tell me after she got up, your your next speed date. Well, uh, that, that was probably some some I ugly thought, old guy or no, something. No, well, you know, I thought that I was in for a letdown because I'm like, look, Doug Jones is a friend of mine. That's right. That's right. Okay. You guys are buddies. We're you buddies. Play we go way back. Mm. Sarah Carter hands all over me. Yep, and she's. Gorgeous, but you're on the clock. You can't I'm, do gotta, anything. But still, it's good for the ego. I'm, I'm you know, I'm just gonna, it. I'm gonna I'm stay here. put so and where see you go what from the here, world brings me. The gods, the geek gods, were shining on me that day because the next, your next roundtable blind, blind date interview was with Moon Blood Good. Oh, and geez. wait, what? Uh, and. and, and Seychelle, Gabrielle, and I hope I'm saying her name right. You, <laughs> Joe, double team. Double team, yeah. Moon and, Blood Good and Seychelle Gabrielle. Yes, and Moon Blood Good, um, she's been, she was famously in Terminator Salvation, which mm-hmm. I think is an incredibly underrated or underperforming movie. It was that I love that Terminator movie. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I know you can't say it's underrated because you rate it so I rate high. It. It's you underrated by can't many people. Hear the ratings of others, but yes. yeah, I hear no, what you're saying. That movie was fantastic, and well, she has a big uh, role in she that. Was, she was um, great, and she is she's exotic, and she is incredible smile, and she's and, and again great actress. They they exist in this world, and sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes they'll just come up and sit right next to you. So there's Moon, <laughs> there's Moon Blood Good was there, and then um, Young Actress. But this, is, this was this was a double team, huh? Yeah, yeah. So you this was the had, first of that. Yeah, had two actresses exactly, and um, that sounds. So that's what you are about to. You guys are about to listen to Moon Blood Good, Young Actress, uh, Seychelle Gabrielle. Um, I only know her from Falling Skies and. But that's awesome because her character, again. And my dreams. <laughs> her character, if you guys want to watch just one episode, watch Brazil. It's the season finale from season three. Get an idea of what Seychelles' acting chops really can be. 
It'll blow your mind. But until then, listen to this. with my beautiful woman baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just named her. She's my woman baby. You are my woman baby. Um, well, you guys have seen this trailer, so I'm not giving anything away that she's older and quite attractive. Thank you. And, and, and princess. Yes. Like, princess we love her, by the way. She's also our homie. Right? Yeah. Like Scarlett is awesome wonderful. Addition. It was so weird because this year, um, our characters in particular are so different. Um, Anne shows up. Well, the first... Uh, opening, you see us, we're all together, and then we all get separated. And she goes off with... With Lexi, Ben, and Maggie. Maggie. Sarah. We, we yeah. Were, random yes. group. I'm off with Umpo. Noah's by himself. He gets reunited with Weaver, Pope, and Drew. They're in the same vicinity as They're like them. in a ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They're like Literally in a war, Warsaw ghetto. Yeah. It's like they're doing a lot of playbooks to like World War II, I feel yeah. like. Um, who else? Maxim is in a youth camp that's spooky yeah. and everyone's, you know, wearing the same color and acting very strange. Yeah. Um, Led by a really cool actor yeah. um, in Dakota, Shelby. So, oh, Lexi. <laughs> so then Lexi, I get reunited with her. They're together and we just don't know where her allegiance is. We don't know. Is she good? Is she bad? She's changed so much. Um, she also, her and I, um, we kind of go, I don't know what I can say. You can see I'm still like trying to figure out what we can give away. She is our focal point this year, and we don't know if she's good or she's bad. Anne is completely convinced that she's on our side and just being influenced by, um, by her alien side. Um, and that's all I can tease, I think. I didn't just say that. Will she have what? Well, she's half alien, so I'm. Pr- and her hair is really white, so she's got Maybe. some kind of abilities. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say that? Oh. Well, both your characters. I mean, we're picking up a few months later, but when we last saw both your characters, you both were kind of coming out of crises. You know, kidnapping, alien takeover. Uh, will we kind of see the aftermath of both those experiences for your characters? Hell yeah. Um, Lourdes is like goes back to her religious kind of self, but in a much more extreme way. Um, it's not so orthodox, you know, Catholic or whatever she, you know, started as, but it's more of like a worldly spirituality that's a bit fanatical. A very fanatical, I would say. And I think that that is completely directly as, you know, a reaction to what happened to her. And you feel a strong loyalty to Lexi, and yeah. Lexi also knows that. Yeah. And mu- maybe we don't know. Maybe exploits it. Maybe exploits all of our love for her, but then redeems herself. If yeah. I can be so broad, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, she's our she's our superstar this year. Um, but we are all so different. All of our characters, everyone, all the actors who normally work with certain actors, we're working with different actors. I wasn't always working with Seychelles. I was not always either with. Scarlet and once I, nobody was working with the same actors. It was, this is our most, this is our more, most far-fetched year 
our sci-fi goes full force. I can say that we're still together, and we even um, we we have much more we have much more um, we, have, we have way more more fights, and and we definitely I'm now a um, I'm a soldier. I'm no longer just a doctor. I'm a soldier. He he is now relying on me for my input, and I'm not the same person he left behind. I'm also going to defend my daughter. So we go we go to toe to toe a lot about the innocence of our daughter because we just don't know how much of her is human. We also have an episode that Jonathan Frakes directed where you see what happened to Anne when she was back in the womb with Lexi and how involved Karen is. And you also get to see a part of Anne's past. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? No, it's, it's, yeah, now it's awesome. I'm not really accept Lexi. Well, and he's also not bonded to her the way I am. So no, he doesn't completely accept her. And everybody questions where his alliance is as well. So there's a lot of pointing fingers and who's on whose side and, and can he be objective because this is his daughter and is he giving her special treatment that he wouldn't allow another character. I uh, seem to steer clear in the beginning, um, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, I think Lourdes has is, 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 uh, become a little maybe obsessed with not being that person that's extremely violent um, and harmful influence on her community, and I think she's trying to maybe a little trying a little too hard to be the opposite of that to be the enlightened you know peaceful girl um and we all we've all seen you know that religious person who kind of takes their crusades sometimes a little too seriously but yeah. i i have a more meta question and um what does what does this show kind of mean to us like in the human spirit way and what does it mean to you guys playing these characters that are in the, that are in the um, show um, Doug, Doug, Doug Jones says that it's about the, you know, what happens with the uh, human spirit when you're like trying to slam it down. You know, it, that's it, what it sci-fi just, is just about, though. Be. That's always what sci-fi is always about. Like, yes, we want to know all the bells and whistles that come with what the future, what, ha what could happen in the future. But it's always about human will. It's always about your humanity and when you are in a situation where things are so vile and so despairing, will you rise to the occasion or will you actually become primal and just fight for your bread and butter? Like, you, will, you know, will you start killing other humans? Will you, will you be reduced to something that's just more animal? Uh, and I think our show always tries to maintain that. Like, and, and Tom Mason is always that character that is always trying to rally paralysis into being better and not falling back and becoming like the alien. So this year it's the same thing. There's human skitterization happening. They're starting to take humans and make them into skitters and we are fighting that. We are fighting uh, we're not the Spanish is still on our side but we're fighting more aliens and still trying to maintain our humanity. That is always our through line on our show. Yeah. I think our sense of self, you know, it's so easy to just become a number or a like a Thing that someone made you into and that everyone can subsequently label you as and to maintain like who you are and how you're unique from everyone is a, is a challenge um, I think as a character and, and an actor. Our show's definitely too, it's, it's still moving. Like we're talking about all of our character stuff but there's still a billion things happening on, and there's been, there's fighting every episode. There's always a lot of movement so it's still, it's still exciting.
This is black fashion. Would you say that with the science element turned up, would, is the military aspect kind of something toned down a little bit? Or is that still ever present? Um, oh, it, it, I just feel like I'm having such a, I'm having such a brain fade It's not as like strategic now because we're all kind of just thrown out of a loop, so it's not like an organized thing. But those qualities are so instilled in our group yeah. that it's like you said, it's never, I don't, I don't think that's ever lost. You've got the young kids that are fighting. You've got that camp. They are also a threat to us. You've got the Asteni trying to help us, but kind of a little, in some ways, abandoning us. Not, not Cochise, but his. The Volm. The Volm. Yeah. Sorry. God, can't even keep track of the aliens. <laughs> I mean, there's so many of them. <laughs> and there's more, yeah. We've got episodes where we're trying to go out on our own and find out, um, like, recon missions that I get to go on, actually. And um, so we're fighting, we're, coming, we're being attacked, and we actually end up being in this one area a lot of the time. Um, which is, what do we call that area? The, it's Chinatown. 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 It's, yeah, it's like a dilapidated... Chinatown has become our neutral. Haven. Yes. So visually you can see that that's a very different visual than Charleston. It's a lot of um, Chinese to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank, thank you guys. Yeah, Take care, guys. Talking to you. Coming back for two scoops of plump juicy raisins in Kellogg's Brains and Brand. Round as hard as he can, he leaves the pack, but he's thinking back to those and Golden Flakes of Brand. He's turning back again for two scoops of plump juicy raisins in Kellogg's Raisin Brand. Part of this complete breakfast. Well, I can I can tell that was early in the morning. <laughs> I know. I know it was early. Um, I had a hotel room down the street. Um, I was smart enough to see who in uh, WonderCon is right by Disneyland, um, and I was just like, "What's close and what's free parking?" And I I nailed it uh, with my boy. hotel. Comic-Con so, pro. I know, I know. And so I ended up waking up and I just walked over there. Um, I sat down there. Um, and I had there was like a little uh, donut shop thingy, and so um, I brought like little uh, Munchkin donuts and donut holes. Donut holes, which sounds really funny. They, they all sound a <laughs> little like sexual and, and, offenses. And I actually but... and I actually brought them to people that were in the room, as I'm not going to be eating a donut in front of everybody uh, by myself. And yeah. so um, you know, I'm That's here also saying, why they invented them, so you don't have to bring yes, literally a, a dozen donuts. It's a dozen donuts, just... yeah. And so it's just like, you know, donut hole, donut hole, donut hole. And so anyway, yeah, the uh, press ate that shit up. Uh, but, yeah, they're, they're, you know, Seychelles, I hope I'm saying her name right. Excuse me if I'm not. Uh, Moon Bloodgood, uh, again. Are you not impressed with the the seriousness that they take their craft, right, the, that they've studied these these characters, and they can just speak so you know, freely about it, you know, yeah. it comes off uh, like, I think, especially, I think it was moon blood. Good. Who was talking there. I get the same impression that I got from Doug Jones, but wow, she, she's yeah. in the show, but she watches it. She's a fan. Right. She's not talking about a, a, a gig that she has to do for a few months a year. Like 
I mean, she knows it. And she was talking about other characters aside from her own. And I, as far as I know, actors and actresses don't usually do that. Mm-hmm. They don't become so enamored by their own projects. Well, uh, I, like on I such think, a sincere level. I think what I have learned over the last three years doing this um, was that the the good actors they do take it this seriously and you can separate them, you know, like they don't just show up one day, you know, they, they do take it in. They understand the background because it informs their performance. So, you know, Doug, Doug Jones needs, he needs to know everything about this alien race so that when he puts on this mask, he can become it. Sarah Carter, same thing. You know, she takes on the attitude and the persona of her character and she uses it at that table or at that, you know, at that opportunity. Um, and she shows it to us in this little tiny, you know, um, in this in these brief moments. Yep. Again, Moon, same same thing. Say Shell, and again, I don't know much about her outside of Falling Skies. Um, I found that any time that she said, she didn't say much, but any time she did, uh, it was right on. Uh, yep. It was... It was exactly what we needed to hear. Yeah, and like I think she even corrected. She jumped in and corrected Moon Bloodgood that one, yep, on a right. whole spiel that where she was making total sense, and she said like the wrong alien's name. Yep, and she just and knocked Seychelles it in. Just no, you mean Vol? <laughs> yeah, you mean Vol? <laughs> that was Vol. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, uh, again, just thank you so much to the TNT people who made this happen, who brought us this great opportunity, who are bringing this. Bringing us this great show. Oh, I tell you, I tell you one thing: those sons of bitches no drama. <laughs> boom! That's like the new thing. Boom! Oh man! But we are not done with y'all yet. We're not done with Falling Skies yet because last year, when, yeah, and this we guy, were... you called it. I think when we talked to him, when he was, he still it was before the season ended, yeah. and I remember you telling me, no, I got, I got us this guy to talk to. He's young, but he's like, he is going to be the breakout action star. He's yep. he's the the big banana. Coming out of this show soon. And uh, his name is Connor Jessup. Yeah. And, well, time is now going to prove it, but I'm hearing a lot of buzz telling me that you were right. You kind of called it back then. Yep. So I I had to go back. I had to look this interview up again. Uh, I think we just used a couple little pieces of it with the Falling Skies show last year. And it's great. This This kid actually sounds like a real actor. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, and the fact that I think we talked to him in Japan where he was living on a farm at the time just gives him, if nothing else, huge, I don't know, uh, gives him real Sean Penn kind of cred. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like living like, on a farm like that. I know, was, yeah. I mean, it was... It was you know, like, like I don't Brando know was... back in the day, kind of rebels. Super humanitarian. Out there like an apocalypse now. Yeah, kind of just living fuck it. the audience, but I'll do blockbusters. <laughs> you know? Know? I like it. I really like yeah, it. Yeah. I'm excited to see if if uh, I, maybe that's a good reason for me to watch the show. Well, and you know, like um, going back to my original uh, push-pull love-hate with this show, mm-hmm. I don't think that the writers or the producers, either it was a long setup or... They just didn't know what to do with Connor Jessup. But I think a lot of the problem, I, I think a couple of things happened that saved the show. One of them was when they introduced the Doug Jones character. Mm-hmm. And the second is when they allowed Connor Jessup's character 
to be a badass. It needed this. It needed. I remember you saying that it last needed, year. That was maybe that was uh, the point when you started watching again in the third season. But that was. Well, it, it was. It was. I could. I could miss it, and then I need to watch it. There was there was a moment that that switched, and I'm I I thank myself that I gave it enough chance. I didn't give up on it. You know, I kept my eye on it, and the first shows are fine. You guys are going to enjoy them. But it really takes off when Connor Jessup kicks ass. Um, so we had a chance to sit with him last year. Mm-hmm. This was before, no, this was just after the season three finale, because I had not seen it at that time. But I think I had it on the TiVo, and I had it was like the night before or something. But we had the chance to interview him. Um, Grim Shea and Mark E. And a very long early distance interview. to Japan with Connor Jessup. You know him from the hit sci-fi show on TNT, Falling Skies, where he plays the alien-infused super son Ben Mason. He is Connor Jessup. So thank you, Connor, uh, for joining us again. I am Marquis, and again, this is Grim Shea. And Grim Shea, you had something that you wanted to ask him just kind of right off the bat, right? Connor, I understand you're talking to us from Japan right now. Yeah, I'm in, uh, at the moment, I'm in Tokyo, but I've been living in... Uh... Uh, just outside of Kyoto in, in, in Kansai region for the last couple of months. I think that's kind of what I wanted to know, and more to the point, why? What's going on? <laughs> uh, nothing, really. I, I, I love Japan. I love Japan with, a, with, a, with an unhealthy passion, and uh, we shoot the season from September roughly till the new year, and this year was my first year out of... Uh, uh, out of school officially, so I decided to treat it like a gap year and do some traveling. So I've been traveling for most of the year since we wrapped on season three, and the last three months of that traveling has been uh, settling down a little bit here in in Japan. Oh, that sounds like a dream. I mean, as as I I came across doing research, uh, a YouTube video of your co-star who plays your brother, uh, Drew Roy, I believe, yes, talking about working in a rice patty with you. <laughs> Please talk about that. <laughs> I yeah, never yeah. had a chance to ask anyone about this. What and is that? It is it is just as weird as aliens coming over and taking over the earth. But so please explain this. It is, but a little bit more comfortable. Um no, it, the I have a friend who is an Austrian pianist who's been a brilliant Austrian pianist and he's been playing and living in Japan for almost 50 years now, and he has a rice farm in this little tiny town that's about an hour northwest of uh, Kyoto. So I managed to finagle myself an invite, so I've kind of been um, staying with him, and part of the deal for room and board is uh, helping him on his uh, assorted uh, fields, some of which are rice paddies. Oh my God! Oh, what what else does he have growing there? Well, he's he's not really a farmer. He's still a pianist, so he's not as hardcore as some of the other guys. But he he has some vegetable, some fairly extensive vegetable gardens, as well as five five rice paddies. Not to mention a, a sufficiently large property that needs to be somewhat maintained. 
so you basically fly off to the states once a year. You do the show Falling Skies, and then you're back to Japan. Is that has that been your life the last couple of years? <laughs> Not even. We don't. We, I'm from Canada, uh-huh. so my does the show film is, there? And the show, luckily for me, the show also films there. I'm oh, from Toronto, but the show the show films in in Vancouver. So I don't even have to go to the states. I can avoid it altogether if I Lucky so want. Blessing. Uh, um, but I usually do end up there a few times either. Excellent, excellent. Falling Skies is the show that I believe that the Sci-Fi channels, uh, the Sci-Fi Channel wishes that they had. Um, how did you get involved? Uh, how did you get involved with that project? And I, I looked at your uh, resume, you know, and you were, you know, it, I didn't see a lot of sci-fi there, and here you are on this. You know, probably the most successful you know sci-fi series on TV right now. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you get involved with that project? Well, I've, I'm 19 now, but I've been working on the show since I was 15, so it's been a fairly hefty um, chunk of my life. And at that time, I was uh, going to school, living in Toronto. Um, I'd done you know a series here, a few small things. I, it was nothing significant. And when you're in Toronto, Toronto is it's, it's a nice city, but for the acting business, it's fairly provincial. Um, it, you get some a lot of mediocre auditions. <laughs> and this one came across for the pilot. And at the time, it wasn't called Falling Skies. It was called um, the Untitled Steven Spielberg Alien Invasion Pilot. <laughs> Sounds great, which by is the a way. That, but that when, you're, when, you. when you're a 15-year-old actor in Toronto who grew up on movies, um, like E.T. and Close Encounters and Indiana Jones and Jurassic Park and Jaws, anything with Steven Spielberg's name attached to it instantly has a sort of a, a shine. Mm-hmm. So that was, and I think most of my uh, colleagues will say the same thing, that that was the initial uh, draw. Not to mention it was work, you know, when you're an actor and you're uh, just getting started, any work is good work and I just got lucky enough that the work that I happened to get was work that I can also <laughs> be proud of. Absolutely. Oh, that's a, that's a blessing. It really is. We all live in the States now. We're, we're all suffering here as, as far as we're going. <laughs> um, I, I can say that, um, I can say that watching, uh, I am actually a fan of the show. I do watch the show. And oh, thank you. one of the things that I have noticed, um, and you're going to love this part, is that I have noticed your particular evolution as a bona fide action star, and I think it's very impressive. <laughs> can, can you, uh, and maybe, maybe working in the rice paddies has something to do with it, but can you walk us through the process physically and mentally as you transition into this, I don't know, alien, hybrid, badass? Sure, if you want. It's 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 a it's an awkward one. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I, That's good radio. When I was, Go ahead. When I was a kid, I um, I was extremely unathletic. Uh, I was not just normally unathletic. I was, you know, I'm I'm from Canada, and in Canada, hockey is sort of you know religion. Yeah. Um, and I I never I tried to play hockey, playing hockey, and I was very bad. You know, I was I was that kid who, when he was on the soccer team in gym class, the the other kids would tell him to stay back by the net and not touch the ball, because oh. every time my foot touched it, it would go backwards. Um, <laughs> You're really bad so, at that. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I, <laughs> which is not apparently I've been told not what's supposed to happen. 
Um, <laughs> so to, I'm just setting the stage for my lack of grace and general uh-huh. physical uh, ability. <laughs> and so season one was fine. It coincided with that. I, 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 oh, I was yeah. a civilian. I Absolutely. had conversations with my parents and my brothers and stuff, and not much more than that. And so going to season two, it was a few weeks before we were about to go back to camera, and I just expected it would be more of the same. I hadn't heard any anything to the contrary. Uh, I get a phone call from our, our producer, director, kind of all-around uh, executive. He's a good man. And he said, but at this point, I don't really know him very well. And he says... Uh, so, Connor, how's your summer? Good, good, good. Well, you're going to be an action hero this year. Get by. Yes. Get by. <laughs> wow. And, and that was pretty much, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly exaggerating it, but that was about the extent of the phone call. Um, wow. And so I didn't really have any context for it. And it's, it's hard. It's damn hard. I always thought it was, you know, I always thought it was, easier than a look because the people who do it for a living make it look easy it's like anybody it's like golfers Absolutely. They make it look easy um and then you do it and not only is it hard to do whatever stunt or piece of action you have to do but to stay in character while you do it and uh, have scenes while you do it it's 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 no joke and in, in the opening of season two i have a scene where i jump out of a window and in one uh-huh. shot run stab a skitter in the mouth which was also my first action scene I'd ever done. And they kept, we had to do it over and over again because I kept holding on to the wire that was dropping me because I was afraid <laughs> I was going to die. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, and what, the way the mechanism works, you, you drop, drop, drop at full speed, and then they only stop you about a few feet from the ground. So you feel like you're going to die. Yeah. So in the end, I couldn't stop. So they had to remove the wires and visual effects and paint a digital knife into my hands to make it look like I was holding a knife and not a wire. So, I, my, so my, any sort of aptitude I look like I might have is about 70% uh, due to silver. computer programmers in visual effects. Absolutely, absolutely. And and as we're as we're kind of going over this, um, I, I have this 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 kind of vision of of you getting that phone call from your producer, or from your writer, or from your director, <laughs> and then you just basically renting every Stallone, Schwarzenegger, Chuck Norris movie you could possibly get your hands on to figure out how to do this. And you pull it off. I mean, even the way that you're handling the rifle and the way that you're kind of scoping people, and I'm it, I'm pretending like I know what those words are, but, you know, you, you really do pull it <laughs> off. And I just it, – it was, it was really an impressive feat. Um, I have not – Seen the season finale yet? It's 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 on the TiVo list. But I did want to talk about the last episode that I did see, and it was the one titled "Strange Brew." I'm sure you're aware of that one. And um, in the this is what I, I I heard is called a nutshell episode, which is a, a slight narrative departure from the larger story arc, and it's supposed mm-hmm. to highlight or explore certain themes more closely. And in this case, I thought that the themes that that episode explored were, you know, um, the, the lines of defiance in the face of fear, you know, um, paranoia. You know, you were going into Tom Mason's mind on that one. Um, what other issues do you think that this show explores overall? The show, the episode in particular, or the show? No, in the whole, the whole show. You know. Yeah, I've, there's there's a few. The, the one that I think is probably most 
salient, especially in this in this most recent season, is the idea, and it has different uh, manifestations and different characters. Um, is the question of how how far are we willing to go? How much are we willing to give up? And in, this is a, this is an extreme example, but you know you 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 encounter that all the time in your life when you. Mm-hmm a goal shows itself to you or an end appears before you and you have to ask yourself how far you're willing to go to achieve it. And, for example, to, to make myself more clear, um, with Matt, my younger brother, who now is fighting and, you know, he's he's very young still. He's barely a teenager, if that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's fighting on the front lines. He has a rifle. He could, theoretically, die at any moment in, in, a, in a battle. As we as we all could, as you also. So we've made the choice with him to, that his innocence in his childhood, it's worth perhaps sacrificing that in order to gain some sort of advantage. The same thing with my spikes. There's an episode where I um I decide to keep them and perhaps keep the uh, health consequences that will bring exchange for the powers that they bestow on me. Right. Same sort of it's the same sort of idea. And I've always found that uh, balance, that give or take, that personal versus greater good to be to be interesting. And it's it's we've been trying we're, we're trying to rebuild Charleston, trying to rebuild right. a, an image or mirage of what life was like before, um, and uh, seeing how out of balance the world really is. And, one of the ways that I um, that I see that happening is when you're watching a scene and you're in Charleston and you're kind of looking around and the the walls have like the sheetrock and then all of a sudden there's like the the painting of the signing of the Declaration of Independence is right there and you know so you can see that these are a, this is a small group of people that are just trying to hang on to any you know uh, any piece of their past you know, so much that, you know, they've actually taken the time to care for these, you know, incredible works of art in such, you know, dire, you know, um, in in such a dire situation. You know, I would think, leave the paintings, get, you know, (laughs) grab your son and wife and get the heck out of there, you know, but it's a, it's a welcome relief on there. So um, I, I see where you're going with this. I, Wanted to kind of point out something else that I've noticed as, and, and again, remember, I am a fan of the show. One of the things that I that I notice is that, you know, let, let's just be honest here. Connor, you're a good-looking guy in what I predict to be a, the beginning of a, it's going to, you are at the beginning, and this is, this is a compliment of a very successful career. If you keep working in those rice paddies, you're going to be big time. And I think that you got the looks, the skills to build a very successful Hollywood career as a, as a Hollywood star, but watching the show, and I'm looking at the collection of gorgeous women, and we're talking about Sarah Carter, uh, Seychelles, uh, and uh, and especially, you know, Jesse. Um, how do you keep things strictly business on that set? I mean, they're, the <laughs> girls are just—they are gorgeous. I mean, uh, it's, Moon, it's sort of unfair, isn't it? Um, it is. Yeah, it's 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 not too bad. The, thankfully, everybody is very. Uh, Everybody Beyond <laughs> being being so, sort of uh, sickly good looking, everyone is also uh, very intelligent and uh, mm-hmm. personable. And because you know, when, when you're when you're working with someone and you're all living in a different city, 
it, yes, it matters whether or not they're good, but what actually matters to you is whether or not they're uh, nice and interesting because that's what is most directly affecting your life. And they're all nice and interesting as well as being good. Um, so, you know, they have a little bit more than just uh, than just uh, excessive good looks. And, and I know that doesn't really answer your question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and dodge your question. Um, well well done. No, I think you done. definitely should. <laughs> yeah, again, a great phrase. <laughs> the, uh... the answer is, you know, it's, it's actually a very bad idea. That's in any I workplace, I, I'd imagine, but uh-huh. especially in in TV, to do anything like that on 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 a shoot because well, if it's a movie, you work together for you know, four weeks, two months, and then you uh, part ways on TV. You work together for six months and then come back every year, and oftentimes have to you know. There's lots of stories of people, and I know people personally who have been in had little 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 flings and then it ended messily and they had to keep pretending to either date or hate or interact with that person in some way. And it's always, always extremely awkward. Well, that is, that is definitely handled there, Connor. I have I to hand it to you because you are on the record of saying nothing more than it's a bad idea. Let's move on. Well played. Well played. And can you, can you give us a little bit of, um, well, I have one more very, very general question for you. You know, what can we expect? We, we know that season four has been picked up. We know that you're going to be heading back to Canada. And, you know, yeah. what, what have the writers told you? You know, what can you share with us and with our listeners as far as what to expect from Falling Skies here in season four? Unfortunately, um, very little. I, uh, at this point, with the exception of a few... Uh, things I know not much more than anybody who's seen mm. the season three finale. Um, not me, not yet. You know, you've got <laughs> a few in terms of anything really. And we go back to camera for a month. By then, hopefully, uh, I'll sit down or have a conversation with. And they'll give us a rundown of our general ideas. Um, yeah, well, judging by uh, what you've heard on the phone messages from your agent before, you have no idea what you're walking into. That's what it sounds like, exactly. Action hero last year, lover this year, who can say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe finally we see some action there on that. Um, all, all, in, all our uh-huh. writers are... Uh, the guards, so I have even less of an idea of what to expect. It seems like, you know, on the show, your your older brother seems to get the story arcs that involved all the romance and things like that, and he seems to go through it quite often, and it seems yes. to always get him in a lot of trouble. You know, can, can yes, we expect we have, something like that for you? Well, well I, have, I have a lot of laughs at, at Drew's expense because, <laughs> or perhaps at my expense, because every... Every guest star and background character on our show seems to fall for him almost instantly, um, <laughs> which you know is both a blessing and a curse <laughs> in terms of storyline. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind a little romance. Who would? I, I would be crazy to say to say otherwise. But 
on the other hand, I'm perfectly perfectly content with uh, with the old bang bang shoot shoot. And and you mean weapons, right? Like guns in that case, right? I, I added the shoot shoot in there as soon as I said that <laughs> thing because I figured it might be a bit ambiguous. Smart, 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 smart. Uh, um, yeah. In my uh, in my in my humble opinion, and remember, I am a fan of the show. There are two things. There are two things that took Falling Skies from good to great, and you guys are you guys are are reaching great levels here. The first we covered, and I think it's your, you specifically, your performance as an action star. You have blossomed, you have grown, and it's, and it's been fun to watch. The other one... Take and a bow, Connor. Please take a bow for that. The people love it. Wow. The people love it. So, so the, but they quieted very quickly. So they have a good stage manager. Yes. Well, I gave them a look. Yes, we did. We we have a lot of power here in the <laughs> States. The the second, I feel, was the introduction of the Vaughn species and Cochise, who is played by a friend of the show, Doug Jones. Doug is one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, the fact that we added Doug to our show is makes me so happy. Um, he He's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful person. And the strangest, most hilarious person... I've ever met. Um, um, so, just really, um, Connor, it's been a real <laughs> pleasure talking to you. You were um, many times when we're talking to you, you know, movie stars, TV stars. Um, sometimes you get what you expect, and it's it's a relief when somebody is um, smart, articulate and kind of ready to take on the world. We think you got it. Um, We're looking forward to your career. Um, Thank you for joining us again. This is Connor Jessup, star, um, action star, Falling Skies, (laughs) TNT. It's coming back on season four. Connor, thank you for joining us again. We really appreciate it. Take care. Bless you, Connor. Thank you. And if you keep saying that action star part, it it just might come true, and I'll believe it. (laughs) We'll see you in Die Hard 8, okay? Take care, Connor. Thank you. We're trying. Bonjour, mon petit chou. Kellogg's Raisin Bran. Two scoops of plump juicy raisins in every package. Magnifique. <laughs> We're going to be great in France. Yeah. But what about Spain? Kellogg's will help you say. Don't school, boss. It's going to be a How about that? Connor Jessup. Connor Jessup. Yeah, he's, um, like I said before, he's the next great thing. Keep your eye on that guy. Well, I am. I yeah. am. And, um, you know, having seen a little preview of the next season already, I have not seen the whole episode yet. I'm waiting on that. But I saw the first, I think, five minutes at uh, WonderCon. Um, it's, he's he's going on a – his his action, his persona, his presence is only going to get amped up. And what we heard from Sarah Carter, he's going to get a little, he's got a, a little, a little, a little growing. A little you know? Looks like little Connor's going to be a big man. Well, his um, his brother in the sh- in the series, Hal Mason, uh, played by Drew Roy, he had basically all the girls throughout the whole you know throughout the whole um, sh- uh, series. But I thought that Connor Jessup's character, who's Ben Mason. I thought he was a little bit more deserving. And so, you know, when Sarah Carter kind of brings up, when she alludes to that situation, what I was kind of referring to was that Connor Jessup's character, Ben Mason, 
he deserves the girl. He's the badass this whole time. Yeah. You know. Um so I definitely had my favorite as far as the characters go. Mm-hmm. Not a uh comment on their performances, but just on the character arcs. I thought that uh, uh Ben Mason was more deserving since he's badass and Sarah Carter's character Margaret, she's badass. And they should be together. You think they should be together. That is, that's, I get it. And, I get it. And that insight created the scenario where Sarah Carter touches my arm. <laughs> Willingly. <laughs> yep. it, all, it all eventually comes back to serve you personally. <laughs> I know. <That's... laughs> it's awesome to be me. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so that all happened. Um, this show, uh, again, guys, I think it's it's finally found its footing. Um, the first shows are good. I think it, um, it takes a while. They, they do a good job of setting it up, but, and where it, and if you can stick through it or just skip it entirely, (laughs) get to the good part, start watching season three. You will not be disappointed. And, uh, the show, it's everything that it promised and I just love it. So get on it. That's good. That an ambitious show can find, uh, you know, steady funding, can go season to season. Having some Spielberg attached to it yeah. probably doesn't hurt. But and and who knows if Steven Spielberg had been a producer for Firefly? Who knows what well, we'd all be talking about as fans nowadays? We might be talking about how sick we are of the show. After and 10 you know years what? And and but, maybe it's not so much about that as much as it is about the network. You know because. Mm-hmm. This show on NBC would have been canceled in three episodes. I fear mm, it was. You're it would probably have been, right. You know, you're they would right not too. have had the patience, and you know, I would have not have had the opportunity to come back. You know, well, even though I was still kind of hanging with it then, but and actually, see, now you're just making me feel shame too because you're. I didn't. I didn't give it a chance. I got. 48 minutes or so into the 90-minute pilot, and I said, ah, I'm getting kind of bored. I'll pick this up tomorrow, and I never did. Yeah. And you're telling me there's a reason to regret that now. Yes. A couple years yes, down the line. Absolutely. You're, you've, you're convincing me. And uh, I'm going to speak for the whole Falling Skies family here and say this. No hard feelings. And you don't even have to revisit any of that. Just on Sunday night, start on, start watching season four. I've seen the first five minutes of it. There's enough backstory right there that you're going to care about every single person that you see on the screen. And you know what? So a- anyone that's not green or scaly. They'll give you a five-minute uh, previously on. Yeah. As you'll, soon as you tune up. in to the season premiere where the, you, you kind of get enough. I don't want to shortchange the show. Again, I don't know. I don't know enough about it to say that you can do that, but I'm hoping you can because that's my plan. You've convinced me. Good. I'm still on the fence about this whole American Horror Story thing, but you, uh-huh. you've talked me into Falling Skies, TNT. What night is that on? Sunday nights. Sunday nights. This Sunday. Be there, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, the 22nd is going to be the season premiere. If you have the TNT app, you can go ahead and start watching that show right now. Which is a good thing, because most people tend, to, if they like TV, they're watching HBO Sunday nights. So, set your TiVos, check your apps. Get on Hulu. I don't know for a fact that it's on there, but it seems like the kind of show that would be on Hulu. Uh, failing all that, mm, there's always BitTorrent. <laughs> can, 
talk about that too. It's okay. A <laughs> uh, little programming note: uh, Maddie P's Radio Happy Hour uh, has been really putting on some great shows lately. Get on a get on the website if you've missed a show. They're all up there somewhere. Uh, go to MaddiePRadio.com. dot uh, com. What's that? Ad- uh, what's that address? MaddiePRadio.com. dot uh, com. Yeah. There are interviews there with R J Mitty from Breaking Bad. Uh, he just did one with Doug Jones. Uh, there's a interview. The one before that. Oh, he he did a hilarious interview with Corey Feldman. Oh, that uh, was, I know, was that good. was a good one. Um, the list goes on and on. You can basically get a hold of almost any interview that Maddie P's Radio Happy Hour have done. Oh, uh, and, I, and I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this about Maddie P. Uh, your one-stop shop for ten-minute. <laughs> you gotta listen. <laughs> you gotta hear the ten-minute Tia interview. Oh. Um, Check out the the very last show with Doug Jones. There's a 10 minute Tia interview with, with uh, Chris D'Elia. Chris D'Elia, stand up comedian, star of uh, Undateable oh. and and Whitney, and otherwise flabbergasted by our <laughs> own 10 minute Tia. This is hilarious. So please get on that. Uh, you're gonna you will not regret it. And don't forget about us. We're on that same website. Maddie P Radio presents. Saturday morning serial. You can catch episodes one through ten. This is our eleventh one, and our next show is going to be about nobility. We're going to bring that back. That's right. Um, talking again about nobility in the future. If you don't know what we're talking about, then you better tune in for that because well, I guess it'll pretty much catch you up. Yeah, and you know, really, you don't want to be like Grimshay here and having to be told what you missed. So again, to recap, Sunday nights TNT. Falling skies, the sky is falling. Take that, chicken little. <laughs> A little brick. <laughs> A little brick. <laughs> That's awesome. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.